the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Joining me today, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Good morning. We talk a lot about real estate. We can talk about agents buying and selling. We can talk about the 21st century in real estate. The thing that flummoxed me the most when I got to the Bay Area 20 years ago was how much bad advice there was. And come, I've crafted my whole life on financial advice and giving people good advice and, and trying to. And sometimes I don't even follow it myself. I know that though, and I feel shame at times. But um, things have changed a lot in 20 years. But then again, they also kind of remained the same. Um, 20 years ago, I got frustrated real estate agents. like, real estate always goes up. And it doesn't. So a lot of real estate still break even at best in the United States. But it's other people's money. And then mortgage lenders. Oh, man, you guys are. Well, you differ like golden clay. A lot more sketchy products to promote. <laughs> There's like a lot that. of great products to have. Like, I'll say this. CFP Chad Burton used to, you know, he sold insurance at times of his life um, when he was first getting in the business. And as he would say, I could make a S ton of money, a poop ton of money. Behave yourself. If I sold insurance today and annuities. Um, there's a company called White Glove Events, and they'll, you know, help you put 100 people in a seminar. And you can do a seminar on how to have income in retirement. And he could do, like, I've seen these people on PBS, and I, I'm going to drop chat out of this conversation. I've seen people on PBS who are quote-unquote financial experts, and then they basically rent a room, and they get 100 people, and all they got to do is get one person to drop $100,000 into annuity, and they just made $9,000, and they paid $6,000 for the whole event. All they got to do is get one out of 100. Crazy. Yeah. Um, it's And I bring that up in, in large part because of Bad product is the comparable here. There's bad product in investing and savings, and that's high-cost annuities. And, and, and mortgage if, lenders, if they don't know their stuff, they could be hurting a, a borrower. Well, and, 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 and you bring up a good point. And so we went through this transition of very loose guidelines to very difficult guidelines. Back to, and, 
And one of the reasons was is, is you know the CFPB was created and Dodd Frank and all of these things are out there now. These tough guidelines to protect the consumer from you know that that person giving bad advice. At least in the mortgage world. Now I'm not sure about you know uh, financial management, but in the mortgage world. So that so if you go to your lender and or you've done a loan in the past three, four, five years, and you thought that it was like pulling teeth. And, and that's the reason, is they're out there trying to protect you. Why did we go through like four different good faith estimates? Now we're at what they call a loan estimate. Why did we do that stuff? Why is everything up front? What are What is a tolerance cure? And I mean, these are all things that are out there to protect the consumer. I mean, it kind of put a you know a, a, an extra weight on the the lending industry and they're figuring it out and then it's also squeezing out other kind of products what they call non-qualified mortgages and and now they're going oh we don't need to go through all of that stuff just kind of bypass it and use our product yeah the rate's a little higher but you don't you're not pulling your teeth so it's it's avoiding that whole conversation about am i giving you bad advice so i mean it and it boils down to very small things like 30 year fixed or 15 year or 20 year things like that what are the areas I want to talk to you a little bit about is that you and I have talked about this, and I I don't want to name names. I could, but we've run across people in your industry that some of them spend 10 hours a week doing loans, and some of them spend five hours a week doing loans, and like they may be really popular at their church, and like, hey, Joe, what do you do? Oh, I I make boats. Hey, Tim, what do you do? I do mortgage loans. He doesn't really do mortgage loans, but he does two a year. There's a lot of people moving that direction right now because the volume is so low. It's hard to find somebody who's dedicated, committed, and full-time and completely involved in the mortgage business and real estate. So some people are giving financial advice because you do give financial advice on some levels. I I, I do totally believe that. You give insights. You say, here's product A, here's product B, here's how this one's going to help you. So it bothers me when I see the guy who's part-time, 5 to 10 to 20 hours. Um, a, he doesn't know the product is out there. B, he doesn't necessarily shop for them. C, he's thinking, this isn't my real job. <laughs> like, I don't do this all day long. Um, sometimes I'm picking my nose. Sometimes there's I'm getting There's a lot drunk. of realtors that do that as well. And I'm getting at that, too. And there's a lot of people in finance. I know insurance agents who are like, hey, I'm, I'm in the same industry you are. I'm like, no, you're not. And that's the first thing that comes out of my mouth. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's a, there's a guy I know who who does loans. Yeah, yeah. He does real estate. Sure. He does. He also has a T-shirt making company, uh-huh. and he also sells insurance or something like that. I, I I don't know how much time he can actually dedicate to becoming a, a really good professional at either one of those. Okay. Right. Unless he's you know a genius of some sort and works twenty four hours a day, but uh, that's not really my type, <laughs> my cup of tea. If I was looking for that, I mean, maybe he doesn't promote himself that way, and maybe he does a good job. But there's still a lot of people out there that just don't put enough time and effort in learning into their their you know career. You basically do all mortgages all the time. And you can find them at bayarealonesource.com. It's Tony Mendez, good friend of mine who does all my loans. But you also have a partner that you work with, a guy named Gordon, who I don't think he's doing mortgages 40 hours a week, but he's doing real estate like 80 hours a week. Yeah. Property management. More than that. Flipping houses, looking for opportunities. Six days a week. Six days a week. That's crazy. But again... That's one of the reasons why you want to get to know and build a team. Um, I've got a guy who does my insurance in Pacific Northwest. I've got a guy who does my insurance in California. Um, I got a guy who does my mortgages in California. And when you can't, when I go out of state, you help set me up. For instance, I was looking at Nevada this time last year because the whole Trump world of state income taxes in California were high and mortgage deductions are going to go away somewhat. 
Um, but you didn't, you can't do business in Nevada. So you're like, I can find you someone who can do business in Nevada. So sure. anyway, it's, it's good to have a good team. And I, I go back to, there's people who do this part-time. I know insurance people who do it part-time and they're like, I do what you do. I'm like, no, you don't. I live and breathe and I, I smoke this stuff. <laughs> if I can get uh, some papers and wrap financial information in them and, and light up. <laughs> M- Muggsy? What's his name? It's probably Muggsy. Yeah. So kids did. I don't know who that is. Do you mean, like, there's something that died. Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. So there was a point in my life that Monday through Friday I was a student. I played soccer. I was a bill. And Saturday morning would roll around and I was jonesed. Because I got to, like, my parents would let me watch four or five hours of TV in a row. On top of the hill. So there's a song in the 70s, um, Saturday Morning Confusion. And uh, it's all about a dad who just wants to sleep in on Saturday, and the kids have gotten up and watching TV, and the dog's up, and Saturday Morning Confusion. Like Jessica Transfusion from Harry the Dog. Yes, I'm only a bill. So that went away. I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. How are kids well, going to learn about eight being a depressing number City, and the bill and Muggsy and the Animal Olympics? <laughs> Big things from growing up as a child. Thundercats. I was never a Thundercats. Thundercats were slightly after me. So just just throwing that out there. Anyway, you can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Lots going on in the world of investing. Lots going on in the world of real estate. He does all my mortgages. There's some big flags this week. And when I did this story on TV, I got an email instantly. Should I buy now or should I wait one year? I did the story about Southern California median home prices falling. Sales are falling. Home prices are edging up, but total inventory is building. Inventory is a killer. It's a killer in uh, real estate rallies. We'll ask Tony if we think that is a true flag that he, people should wait a year or if he should jump on now. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So we learned yesterday that Miss America is no longer going to have bikini pageant or a bikini presentation. I know you're saying, but I grew up on that. It's now no longer to be a pageant. It's now going to be referred to as a competition. I know you're saying, where are you going with this? I don't know. 
I, I talked a little bit about Kate Spade in the last segment, and I kind of want to talk a little bit more about it because one of the things I really like about my job is that I get to study like business successes. And I kind of put the dots together between Kate Spade and Robin Williams. And it's got me particularly flummoxed right now. So the news of Kate Spade figuring out a way to hang herself with a scarf in her home is just... It's overwhelming to me because she was one of those people that really kind of was the American dream who comes out of college and and puts together a business plan and and then sells it and hits it. And one of the big things that she did really well was with her purses. And I used to invest in in, um, companies like Kate Spade and um, other fashion companies that make purses in large part because, uh, you know, a $200 to $400 purse doesn't cost $200 to $400. It takes a lot of creativity and a lot of energy to make that kind of money work or that idea turn into to a, a big business. But one of her big uh, thoughts that was fantastic was she took her purse and instead of putting the name on the inside of the purse, she put Kate Spade on the outside of the purse. And it wasn't her name. It wasn't Kate Spade. So she married David Spade's brother and kind of took her first name, Kate, and his last name, Spade, and put it together. And her last name was was particularly brutal. Like, you wouldn't want to buy a purse with that name on it. Um, So that's worthy of note. But, yeah, I look at how happy and sharp and quick people can be, like a Robin Williams or like a Kate Spade. And, again, her name's not even Kate Spade, Right. But everyone knows of you as Kate Spade. Um, so her last name was Brosnahan. And there's a famous you know, extended family member, actress Rachel Brosnahan. I'm probably saying the name pretty harshly and correctly, but that's okay. Um, so anyway, I just throw this out there because I think the world's pretty rough out there. And we, we need to take a little more breaks. We need to slow down a little bit. I see people freak out on each other living in the Bay Area, and they don't even know they're freaking out. And it's just tied towards stress of their job. I do this whole radio show to get you to retirement. I, I don't think you're going to be able to take a break Monday through Friday from 9 to 5, or if you're getting up with kids from 7 to 5, or if you're putting the kids down to bed from 7 to 7. I don't think we could do it. It's a rough world out there. Try to hang on. I'm going to try to get you to retirement but depression is actually a really, really big issue in the United States. And successful people hit it, too. You know, when you feel the stress and pressure of your brand, and I have a brand, Rob Black and Your Money. I, I'm, I'm toning it down now because I, I want less pressure in my life. So I'm freaked out and a little saddened that someone would take their own life, like Robin Williams. And or like Kate Spade. And again, not even her real name. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? And everyone just assumed. Uh, David Spade, comedian, talked about his sister-in-law, Katie. And it's suddenly, it's, it's like, it starts becoming much, much more warm when you hear things like that. 
So people who can make you laugh so hard, people that can inspire you with designs and color, uh, they, they suffer too. And it's something we don't much think about in this society, do we? So tech stocks are rocking and rolling. Changing the subject back to stress. Tech stocks are in rally mode. That means your 401k is probably getting fatter because companies like Apple, Facebook, and Netflix are big, fat companies in an index like the S&P 500 that are market-weighted. And as they do well, so does your S&P 500 fund, so does your 401k more than likely. Tech is now about 23 and a half, 26.2% of the S&P 500. So the S&P 500 is made up of 10-plus indices and sub-indices, things like retail and finance. Finance could have things like banking and brokerage stocks and insurance companies. Retail could have things like hardline, like wood, like a Lowe's or a Home Depot. You could have the soft lines, like clothing stores. And right now, tech is so fat. It's 26.2% of the S&P 500 index. That's Healthcare is a good 20%. So as those sectors go, so goes your 401k. And what I'm warning you about at this point in time is we are at an area that we haven't been in a long time. The biggest tech waiting since November 2000. Now, let's stop and think about that for uno momentero, which is Spanish, you know, for one moment. Um, I, don't, don't email me and tell me it's not. That's all I ask. Don't, don't pop my bubble. That's right, Jack. But the last time tech was so fat and so big of a part of the S&P 500 was November 2000. Say, say, 2000, zero, zero, party over, it's out of time. Do we remember what happened in 2000 to 2002 in tech stocks? They were murder-related. Think of a baseball bat with a tennis racket head made of steel with razor blades all around it. That's what happened to tech stocks back in 2000, 2002. And I'm not putting any direct comparison. I'm just saying that's one comparison. That's one thing to look at is the weighting. Now, again, Apple's going to have better earnings expected next year versus this year. So that's going to help that weighting look a little bit less in the S&P 500 index. I'm not going to scream you know, bloody murder. I'm not going to scream like, get out of the markets now. I'm just going to say, take a look at your 401k today. If you wanted it at 20% allocation for tech, and it's at 26.2 now, maybe you say, where? maybe healthcare needs more love. Maybe retail needs a little more love. Maybe finance needs a little more love. Maybe income stocks need a little more love in my portfolio. Maybe a small cap Russell 2000 companies. Looky, looky. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW on the iHeartRadio app.
questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Star Talk with Rob Black. Black. caught up in the stocks like Google or Apple, and we want them to go higher, and we're proud of ourselves for knowing that we got in. Take that as a grain of salt, people. Start ratcheting down your expectations and your 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 wins, so to speak. This has been a pretty golden age to invest, and for a lot of people, it's been pretty easy. The bigger question is, what are some of the things that you're uncomfortable with? Financially speaking... I've been in numerous relationships where people just aren't financially real with themselves or with each other. I can psychoanalyze myself and tell you in my 20s that I dropped a lot of money on dates, on experiences. Some of them can't be taken away from me. I took a beautiful woman. We went to Miami. We flew. Did a first class upgrade. Got a nice hotel. Kind of sat back and said, wow, this is Miami. This is pretty cool. Got to look at the Art Deco hotels, which uh, I'm a sucker for Art Deco. Um, Went to see Peter Gabriel front row. Like, there was a security guard between me and him, and that was it. That was pretty cool. And that was back in the 90s, right? Do I regret it? I kind of do. I kind of don't. But that's the beauty of money and science and investing, and there's no right answers. There's just compromises. It's the biggest thing that you're ever going to learn in life, if I teach you one thing, is there's no right answers. In relationships, <laughs> good luck. It's just compromises. And for those of you who think you have the right answer, good luck. That's all I'm going to tell you. Good luck. So some of the stories and things that I want to talk about on occasion, sometimes just, it makes no sense. Like, I started this by saying, you know, I've had some financial blunders and some mismanagement of of funds due to a very powerful thing. Women. We all have to start learning somewhere along the lines of... I can't work till the day I die, or I may not be able to work till the day I die, or maybe society won't let me work till the day I die. And I want cable TV, or I don't want cable TV. I want something in retirement. I want fast internet. I see people driving BMWs and really nice cars, and they don't have anything saved for retirement. It stuns me. I see a couple get on an airplane fly to another state, see a concert, and they have almost nothing saved for retirement. Or they don't have a will or a trust in case that plane goes down and their kids are um, suddenly without parents. Planes do go down. Knock on wood, right? So who doesn't get a will or trust? And you're like, Rob, those things cost money. I know. Trust me, I know. I uh, I recently started experiencing or saying that I'm going to spend a little bit more money on my own life because I, I can. I've, I've hit more than all my goals times two times three, right? So I have more than enough money last till the day I die. But now I'm looking at things like I want a mountain bike. 
And I'm not saying that I have problems spending, but let me tell you this. When I look at what people pay for things, and then I look at what people don't have in retirement, I don't feel a lot of pity for people. That's why I, I get I get freaked out when I like turn on the TV and I, I watch, turn on like a Raiders game and I see all those people in the parking lots have a, a great time. And they're, what's it called when you, um, tailgating. Like, that's how little I know about fun, right? So they're all tailgating, and I'm like, I wonder if these people are saving for retirement. I wonder, you know, who the richest person in the crowd is. I wonder who the poorest person in the crowd is. I wonder how many people have teeth. I wonder how many people don't have, like, I can't stop thinking. So with that in mind, um, you know, I... I think the biggest challenge that people have is having, you know, a healthy relationship with money, a healthy relationship with their partner, and a healthy relationship with both. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's like I said, it's stunning to me that we live in a world where we don't get the privilege. And trust me, the Bay Area has so much friggin' fragging money. I read a speech that, not a speech, but an email that a guy named John Stamos, who's the head of security for. Facebook. He lives a couple blocks away from me. I read an email that he put together on how embarrassed and how offended Facebook was internally that Russia got Russia kind of played them. Um, and with that said, at the end of the email, you know what he says? This is fantastic. Um, it's a brutally honest email. If you ever want to see how emails should be run, and if you ever want to see how uh, people earn their money. The outgoing chief security officer said that he wants to be more transparent. He wants to be more comfortable. It's it's, it's a well-written thing, especially if you're trying to find reasons to forgive Facebook. Um, but at the end, he he has this brutal takedown of himself. Um, he talked a little bit about. I have three children under 12, and I've come to the realization that I've spent 75% of my youngest child's life as the chief, invest, uh, chief security officer of companies in battle with Russian intelligence services. 75% of his youngest child's life, and he says, this isn't conducive to being a great parent. And I can tell you what, he's a pretty good parent, and his wife is awesome. And their kids know my kids, and things like that. Um... But I can also tell you that, like, he's right. Like, at some point in time, like, if he, why are we doing this? Like, what, what, what's your goal? Do you want to work till the day you die? I, I see a lot of people. They hit 45, and they do have that midlife crisis. Because they don't, they, they know that they, they remember being young, and they can see pictures of themselves young. And then they get in front of a mirror today, and they're like, ooh, maybe I'm not 30 anymore, Right? When you do the jump test and you're naked and you jump in front of a mirror and 60 seconds later something's still moving, time to lose weight, keep losing weight, do whatever you can. But yeah, there's there, there's people that I see that like when they have that 45, they have that midlife crisis because they've worked a long time and they've given up a lot of their dreams and they've had kids and they've sacrificed for their kids and sometimes their kids are great and sometimes their kids are brats and sometimes their kids are autistic and sometimes like they're a lot of work and sometimes they're healthy and sometimes they're sickly. So, my challenge to you is, what's it look like from age 50 to 60, and are you ready to take your foot off the gas? 
And because, like, I want to do a little Bruce Springsteen Thunder Road. We got a, we got some some mileage to put on out there. So do you know what 50 to 60 looks like? Are you going to be able to take your foot off the gas? I get emails every week from people. I'm 42 years old. I've got $100,000. I'm 51. I haven't saved a penny. I'm 63. I've got $5 million. I'm like, whoa. And every, every story is different, and every person's different. And, like, I can't give specific advice to different people, right? I don't know if you have a budget. I don't know if you're going to get an inheritance. I don't know if your dad worked till he was 60, dropped over dead. Because I don't want that. My advice to you, if both your parents were dead by 60, don't save for retirement. <laughs> I'm not saying don't save for retirement, but your odds of needing to live a long time, needing income, they're not good. And this is all about odds. You know, when you go into a bank and say, I want $500,000 for a house, they look at your credit score, they look at your history of paying back credit, they look at your income, they look at your other assets, and they, they figure out the odds of you paying back because they know there's going to be a failure rate out there. So anyway, and anyway, how I, I do just kind of, I really want to say, like, where are you going? We can't be on the road to nowhere the whole of our financial lives. But I get why people have midlife crises in their 40s, and I get why, because they don't know what the next level is. And they, they may not know how to enjoy it and grow with dignity and grace into that role. They may still be holding on like, I'm as cute as the girl um, up in Human Resources. I've got a better uh, outfit. Or look at my pecs versus his pecs. Look at me. That all goes away, people. I'll carry the way. So, what's it look like in retirement? Have you ever thought about a retirement budget? Because that could be kind of a exercise in humility. I did a story yesterday about uh, our budgets and how much people tend to spend on subscriptions, and they don't even know it. Subscriptions are great, not scam for companies, but if they get you to pay every month on the fifteenth you become very, very Pavlovian as a shopper. And you're easy to market to, per se. Anyway, uh, I just want to get to the point that, finally, in retrospect, in hindsight, and everything else, just know that this is kind of complicated, and every person's slightly different. So, understanding that, like, insurance issues are going to be different. If you have a kid with how shall we say, not the best health, either mental or physical. Everything's going to be and how you want to set up your trust. But it's kind of funny. Stop going so fast and start breathing and taking a look at where you are financially. Because maybe you can be the person who retires and builds a village in Africa. Maybe you can be the one to come up with a new water treatment facility in the Congo. I don't even know where the Congo is. You get the general idea. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now. Back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Over saturated with Imagine Dragons. 
Maybe. Are we oversaturated with owning winners like Amazon? Maybe. Stock's been on a tear this year. And one analyst says 2019 will be a good year for for Amazon. In a report today out of Cohen, John Blackledge says Amazon is the firm's best bet in 2019. Now you're like, well, I kind of feel like it's already run. I kind of miss that train. I kind of miss that boat. Like a house on a hill, I remember you. Amazon's kind of got that that kind of beautiful image in your head, right? Like, I wish I would have owned that stock. If only I'd owned that stock. I would have been cool. I would have been loved. Women would have fallen for me. Men would have bought me drinks. But I didn't buy Amazon. And one analyst is saying you can buy Amazon and make money in 2019. Fentanyl has overtaken heroin as the deadliest drug. Dun, dun, dun. Synthetic opioid. Responsible for killing 18,000 overdoses in 2016. So, fentanyl, I know you're saying, can I invest in fentanyl? I don't know. That's not the point. Let's talk about Amazon. Back to Amazon, right? Like a house on a hill, you remember how great it was, and you're like, if only I had bought it. And one analyst is saying, it's got 37% upside in 2019. And you're like, 37%? Well, let's 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 go figure that out, John. If I put my money in the bank, a thousand dollars in the bank, I'll earn less than one percent. Or I can put my money in Amazon and become an owner of the company and get thirty-seven percent. So it says one analyst, right? This year, two thousand eighteen. I know you're saying when I was a young boy, I didn't think. 2018 was ever going to happen, but here it is. It's 2018. It's up 41% this year. And one analyst sees it up another 37% next year. Now, again, I don't know. I, I don't want to make fun of addictions. Some people are addicted to Krispy Kreme donuts. I get it. But how about being addicted to outperformance, right? Is there a little bit of behavioral finance in this story? Maybe. The analyst says the company has market share gains ahead of itself. In apparel and grocery. So they can pick up business in apparel and grocery. I kind of agree with that. The analyst also goes as far as to say that Amazon not only has gains ahead of itself in apparel, I gotta, I gotta get more socks. I gotta get more socks. But the company also has significant international growth opportunities. Interesting, right? You're like, oh, I did not know that. People in Chile want to order on Amazon. Can't they just go to the Amazon? Uh, A little geography joke, right? Never works. It always falls dead. But the analyst says apparel growth, grocery growth, international growth. These are things you're looking for. The ability to open up. The ability for Amazon to maintain its web services dominance. 
right? Eight web services. Amazon Web Services, Uno Numero. Or Numero Uno. I don't know which you put in front of it or behind it. I don't know. But they also have growth in advertising. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little put off by the advertising. Not to the point that I'm willing to quit Amazon, because I can't quit you. I can't quit you. But the advertising is a little putting off, right? I can't quit you, though. So it's interesting, because like, I, I see more advertising on Facebook. and it, it does turn you off, right? And you go, wait, wait, aren't I paying Amazon a subscription service? But that's prime delivery, right? That's for delivery, not necessarily excludes advertising. And you're like, oh, would I pay extra to exclude the advertising? Maybe. But see, what's interesting about Amazon is if I need socks, I got size 14 feet. You know what they say about big feet, right? Big shoes, big oh, socks. My, my, my. So my socks, if I buy men's large socks, size 12, they don't fit. I need to go like freakish side size. Um, I know you're going. Where's this go story going? First thing I check, I, I, I search Amazon for socks, and I, I see my orders in the past that socks that I've gotten I've liked. Done. But then there's like some advertising thrown in there now, and you're like, ooh, these socks are pink and pretty and furry. Maybe I'll go that direction. And it's it's brought to you advertisement by pink furry socks, right? But it is a little putting off. But it's still not kind of a, a prime impediment, per se. Oh, listen, look at my look at me and my, my use of Amazon Prime and Prime. <laughs> um, so you get further penetration. And I think Amazon's doing everything right. And what's interesting about Amazon, they seem to figure out ways of invading other people's territory. And... That's a good thing. If you could invest it in, uh, uh, was it the Mongols? I, I don't know. If you could invest it in some sort of crazy tribe that like plundered Asia and Europe, there's business in that, right? And Amazon's plundering at this point in time. They're plundering other businesses. I don't think the analyst is wrong about 2019 because I think Amazon's going to pull some rabbits out of their hat and say, hey, we'll do drug delivery. Hey, we'll do food delivery. Hey, we'll buy a delivery company like Lyft. They'll do something special in 2019. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Money investing more. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.